this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time, we welcome you this day. Friends, in this Christmas season, as we remember the epiphany, the arrival of the wise men and a star that led them to the Christ child, let us also be open to the movement of the Spirit this day as we are led ever closer to God. Let us worship God together. And please join me in our call to worship as it's printed in your bulletin. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Nations shall come to your light, and rulers to the brightness of your rising. With joy, let us worship our Savior. Let us worship God together. Friends, we rise this morning before the light of our God. We give thanks for all the ways Christ shines in our midst. And we also come to confess the ways we have turned from God's light. So let us do so now this morning. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin. God of glory. You sent Jesus among us as the light of the world to reveal your love for all people. We confess that our sin and pride hide the brightness of your light. We turn away from the poor and the poor in spirit. We ignore the cries for justice. We do not strive for peace. In your mercy, cleanse us from our sin and bless us once again with your Spirit, that, forgiven and renewed, we may show forth your glory shining in the face of Jesus Christ. Beloved, receive the good news. The light of Christ shines in our darkness to bring light and life to all. By the gift of Christ, your sins are forgiven. So friends, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Good morning, young friends and young in heart. I don't know if any of you have been by the church recently, but as of today, at least, the wise men have made it to the manger. You know, at the beginning of Advent, they were all at the beginning of the driveway, 
And slowly they're making their way, making their way to the manger. So that when the wise men saw the baby Jesus, God showed them the Savior. And today is Epiphany Sunday. That's why we call the Sunday when the wise men are shown the baby Jesus. And they went on a great journey. It says, the Bible says they went, came from the east. How do people go on journeys or how do they know their way? You know, many times, you know, how do you find your way back to school or to church or to the food store? Usually it's because somebody who's driving knows the way. But what if you don't know the way? How would you get there? Well, these days we have GPS. We have GPS on our phones, in our cars. We can even use paper maps, if you know what those are. Paper maps give you direction, tell you where you are, where you want to go, and it shows all the roads where you can go. How else can you know how to get from one place to another? Well, you can ask someone for directions. Or if you know somebody who knows the way, you can have them go with you and guide you. But how did the wise men get from the east to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem? The Bible tells us they were guided by a star. A star. This is a star ornament from my tree, my Christmas tree. And also there's a star ornament on the top, a chrismon on the top of the tree here at church. A star, a thing of nature. But God used this star to help the wise men find the baby. And also in that way, we also know the baby who became the man Jesus, who showed us to love. And today to help us to understand or to remember the star, I'm going to teach you the sign, the American Sign Language for star. Star. First, here's, I want to teach you. Take your hands and make a number one on both hands. Then bring them together and rub them together while you raise your arms. Star. You can have a little star. You can have a big star, a high star. You can have an exploding star, but a star, a star to remind us that Jesus has come, come to the whole world. And now let us pray together. Repeat after me. Thank you, God, for the sun, moon, and stars. Thank you, God, for guiding your guiding star that led the wise men to the baby Jesus. And thank you, God, for showing us Jesus who showed us how to love. Amen. And come by and see the wise men at the manger.
Friends, God's light draws us near to a time for the hearing of Scripture. So let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. God, who is our light and life, shine upon us again this day. Beam through words, flicker close to our ears, and illuminate our souls so that we may be your people and do your work on earth. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Our scripture passage this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Listen for the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child. To destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If it weren't for the dog, 
she would have never found the cave. Such is the first line of a story I once read. If it weren't for the dog, she would have never found the cave. The line is there to get your imagination. And it certainly got my attention. But besides catching your attention, the line gives some elements of the story. There are characters, a female and a dog at least. There is mystery. What story with a cave doesn't imply something yet to be known? And there is something hidden or obscure in the story that are required a pointer. Now, I don't recall if the dog was a pointer or a beagle, but it gives a clue. It is there to give a hint for making things clear. Our scripture lesson today is a story that contains similar elements. There are characters, the Magi, commonly called the wise men from the East, Herod, Joseph, the baby Jesus, and his mother. There is mystery. The Magi are looking for a newborn king of the Jews. Herod is clueless about this. There is a pointer, a star. If it were not for the star, the Magi would have never found the baby. And our story, like all good mysteries, has its share of warnings. Matthew's second chapter is the basic epiphany story that is often the keynote for Sundays in January. January 6th is the traditional day of the epiphany, showing the infant Jesus to the Magi. The Magi represent the Gentile world. We thrill at this story with its star of hope, bringing the Magi to the baby, bringing them from afar after a long journey. God has given good tidings of great joy to all people. A child has been born and he is the king of the Jews. But what Matthew writes is more profound than just a birth announcement. Matthew brings together themes from the Hebrew scriptures with themes of the gospel. We have images of the Exodus with the Holy Family fleeing to and returning from Egypt. We have the image of the baby that is saved as the infant Moses was saved. The purpose for Matthew is not so much about the details of the birth, but points more to the fact that it happened. And points to the fact that this event was extraordinary, extraordinary. The birth of Jesus is the birth of the Savior. It has drama and tension. There are messages through dreams, 
There are mysterious strangers from afar who are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod in Jerusalem. This story, with its words, its mystery, and its tragedy, affirmed Matthew's gospel message in a condensed form. This message is made very clear later in the 16th chapter. Jesus is with his disciples, and he asks, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the disciples respond, some say you are John the Baptist, other Elijah, some say you are a prophet. But out of the mouth of Peter, we get these words. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. About a month before Christmas, a local pastor was leading a children's lesson featuring the Advent wreath, very much like the one we had in our sanctuary. She told the children what the three purple candles represented. And then she asked, does anyone know what the pink one means? No one answered. But finally, young Sarah raised her hand and said, are they expecting a girl? The name Jesus was revealed to Joseph in a dream. What was disclosed was greater than the expectation without the need of a reveal candle. A baby, but still the king of the Jews. A youngling, but still the savior to be worshiped. If it weren't for the life of Jesus, we would never be celebrating the birth of the Messiah. And who does Matthew bring into this story to make the announcement? It is a strange cast of characters. First, we have the Magi. The Magi from the East received God's revelation about the birth of the Messiah through a proclamation in nature a star. Yet they were not God's chosen people. They were outsiders, foreigners, heathens, and Gentiles. They were not steeped in the story of the Exodus, the Ten Commandments, or King David. They did not know the messianic visions of the Psalms and the prophets. But they come to pay homage to the baby to worship him, and to offer him gifts. They followed the star in the sky because they are people of faith, insight, and courage. And we as Christians believe the Magi were guided by God. And it is they, these outsiders, whom Matthew uses to proclaim his revelation to Gentiles and Jews. In other words, to the whole world. Herod is another of the characters in this drama. 
authorities in Rome gave him the title of the King of the Jews. Though he was not a Jew himself, he was known for running Judea somewhat efficiently for many years. But to succeed, he relied on a callous insensitivity to human life. He was cruel. He was a murderer and a cheat. When Herod felt threatened, often people died, including three sons, one wife, and 45 members of an opposition party. He was a bad guy, a very bad guy. When Herod heard that the Magi returned to their homes, he felt betrayed and tricked by the Magi. Imagine the thoughts of this man who needed the power psychologically and economically. But the only way he could hold it was by deception and violence. Now he is threatened by the unconfirmed report that the birth of a new king of the Jews was imminent. a king of the Jews who would take his place. He was enraged. The recourse for his anger was this person with insecure had to strike out. His only recourse was retribution. His rage was great because later in Matthew's story, we read where Herod slaughtered innocent babies in Bethlehem to rid him of the threat of this new king. While the Gentiles receive the baby, Jesus is rejected and his life threatened by the corrupt authorities who rule the nation of his birth. If we had never heard this story before, we might be asking at this stage, will this child be saved? Are there any persons who will provide an act of goodness to save this baby? Or in a larger sense, can goodness survive when badness has both corruption, conspiracy, and the sword? May goodness prevail to save this child. Herod has certainly created a dark, dark place in this story. But we also have some similar dark places of cruelty that may, may relate to. Can goodness prevail when children are separated from their parents and put in cages? Can goodness prevail when children of unemployed parents don't have medical insurance? Can goodness prevail when so many people are sick and hungry? Can goodness prevail in the midst of self-serving greed? Well, above and beyond the wit of wicked people, 
There are people of faith who believe that God's word can point us to the way of right living. And we also believe that God's word can energize acts of goodness. And so we have Joseph to shed light on goodness. He holds the narrative together. Matthew describes him in the first chapter as being upright. That means that Joseph was good and scrupulously faithful to the law. Warned in a dream, Joseph protects Jesus from hostile authorities of his own people by fleeing to Egypt. And later he brings Jesus and Mary safely from Egypt to Galilee. The rescue of the infant shows us that the star shined over the havoc. Goodness and what is right may be threatened or on the way of being crushed. And bad intentions may be on the throne or in the seats of power, but God is present. God is present in truth and in faithful people. Joseph points us to the value of being upright and righteous. His actions reveal to us that it is God's will that justice, honesty, and right dealing among all people everywhere shall prevail. This is what is right and good. And with this faith, there is energy and power. If it weren't for Joseph, the goodness of God may have remained hidden or even extinguished. A few weeks ago on December 15, a front page headline of the Philadelphia Inquirer read, U.S. receives first doses of hope Of course, the article was talking about the first doses of the vaccine against COVID-19 virus and the hope that it would bring an end to the pandemic. But anyone who thinks that these are the first doses of hope have forgotten the story of the birth of Jesus. They've forgotten the religious heritage from which he came. They've forgotten the boundless grace of our risen Lord and have forgotten the eternal salvation yet to be enjoyed. We Christians have always had that hope. It is the first and the last. Whether we've recognized it or acknowledged it, whether maybe Sometimes we have even doubted the presence of hope. But we need to remember that as the star shines in the heaven, hope shines on us giving power to change lives. Hope exhorts us to use God-grounded, God-sustained, 
and God-directed power to be honest, good, and upright in the dealings of our families, our communities, our government, and our churches. And with that hope, we can use it with confidence, patience, endurance, and eagerness. If it hadn't been for God sending his son, we would never have seen hope. The baby Jesus was not slain. Hope was not vanquished. Christ abides, giving the assurance of a heaven here and hereafter that no Herod can destroy. Let us pray. Lord God, continue to give us confidence to be the faithful people you have called us to be. And through the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of our Lord, we give you thanks for the life we may lead in his name. Amen. Surrounded by the light, hope, and goodness of our God, let us affirm what we believe. Please turn to your bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, let us state what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Beloved of God, for the next few minutes, let us sit in God's presence as we reflect on the words of the hymn printed in your bulletin as a response to the word read and proclaimed this day. This time is an opportunity for us to be connected by God's presence in all the many places where we are worshiping today. So let us open our hearts and minds to the gift of God's presence.
Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, be with us as we pray. Be with us so that we may receive serenity in our hearts and a quiet calmness in our restless souls. That you are the God who calls men and women, youth, girls and boys to serve you through your church in every generation. We praise you. May we hear your call in this time of the new year and respond accordingly as opportunities arise. Show us how to be the light to those who are lost in the darkness of sin or despair. Give us inspiration and the words to share that will guide hurting people into the light of your salvation. Grant us the compassion and sympathetic spirit, spirits that exemplify the health-giving care of Christ so that we may be present for friends and neighbors wounded by life. Deliver us, O God, from personal thoughts and fears that divide our human family. Help us to understand that when our differences become our center of attention, we deny you as our God of all and betray our calling to be brothers and sisters to one another. For those who lead us and those who aspire to lead us, we pray for the vision of your kingdom that embraces all people as your children. We pray, O oh God, for this household of faith and all the members of its family, whether broken or whole, weak or strong, young or old. And we pray for the church universal and the body of Christ, that it may be given the energy to bring life and light to the world as Christ gave and as Christ is giving himself still through the Holy Spirit. Make us loving, make us strong. Make us faithful for this high calling through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is your eternal word, is among us, and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Brothers and sisters, remember what we do here. We come to pay homage to our Lord Jesus Christ and to bring him gifts, our gifts of love, compassion, and goodness. So go out into the world in peace and in hope. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.